We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Good day, good day. Welcome to another episode of the Saturday Morning Weekly Show here on Setting the Pace. I'm your host, Alex Golden. We're going to jump right in to recapping the Pacers' previous week, the Indiana Pacers. They lost 113-103 to last Saturday against the Phoenix Suns. It was a pretty close game in the first half. Phoenix pulled away in the third. Indiana tried to claw their way back in the fourth quarter, but it was too little, too late. Suns win that one by 10. And then we move over to the game against the Pelicans to end this five-game road trip. The Pelicans and the Pacers have a very similar record, as we had talked about, but this game was very close. The Indiana Pacers fall just short, 117 to 113, but Dwayne Washington Jr. set a record for most three-pointers made by a rookie. He had seven of them. Uh, He scored 21 points off the bench, a very bright spot for him. Then the Pacers went back home, and and coming home off a road trip is always a tough game, but the Charlotte Hornets were in town, and they were on the second half of a back-to-back, which I said last week on the show, they had not won a game when they had zero rest in between games. So that's just, you know, they were 0-8 at this point. So the, the Hornets come in, they had played the Toronto Raptors, so traveling from out of the country to play Indiana for this game. Herb Simon's in attendance, and yes, Chick-fil-A was debuting with uh, Pacer games for their first time. They had done a soft open in one of the Mad Ants games, but no, it was their first time to be open in game for Trillhouse for a Pacers game, and uh, that was the only bright spot of the game as the Indiana Pacers lost 158 to 126. Herb Simon was in attendance for this game, got to see full on how good this Pacers team really is, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll see what, what happens from that, but we will come back to this game as we talk about that uh, later on in the show. But then last night, DeMontis Sabonis returns from his injury in the Pacers win against the Oklahoma City Thunder, a team that is much worse than them, 14-34. and 34. Pacers are 18-32 and 32 after this win. They uh, they were led by Sabonis' 24 points, 18 rebounds, and 10 assists. Justin Holiday had a great night. He had 22 points on 8-12 shooting. And then Jeremy Lamb and O'Shea Brissett played pretty solid minutes off the bench. Shame for Lance Stevenson. And Terry Taylor played as well. He looked pretty good in his minutes as well. But the man that did not play well in 43 minutes shot three of 19, one of seven from three. He did have seven rebounds, but he was a starting point guard, just had three assists. 
that was Karis LeVert. Karis LeVert did not play good in this game. So just uh, just another game that Karis LeVert looks like uh, something could be wrong with him. I mean, he set out some games there with a calf injury. He returned against uh, the Hornets, I believe. It was actually might have been it was the Pelicans he returned against. And, uh, you know, he's just had some up and down moments this year. So we'll, we'll see what happens with him. And then Chris Duarte, unfortunately, uh, rolled his ankle on uh, on Dort's foot yesterday, stepped on it in the fourth quarter. He exited the game. Jeremy Lamb came in for him, and Duarte uh, will have to monitor that injury going forward. But the Pacers do play the Dallas Mavericks tonight. We will see if Duarte plays. So we are going to step away now and bring in Michael J. Focci for Five with Focci next. All right, everybody. Welcome back to Five with Focci. We will be talking about five different things on a weekly basis could be five minutes it could be five you know best trade scenarios on this week we're going with the top five wins of the year so starting with uh number five it's going to be the jazz versus the pacers this was a win that uh it happened recently and i feel like many of us did not expect it the pacers won 125 to 113 this was a game that you might best remember it by DeMontis Sabonis' career-high 42 points. He did it on 18 of 22 shooting. And you might also remember Born Ready himself off the bench, 16 points, 14 assists. He does it on 7 of 12 shooting. It was a game that it was one of the few wins that, you know, at, during this time that just really seemed like the Pacers definitely were not going to get. But they ended up grinding that one out, um, and that places at number five on our list moving over to number four another win that you just couldn't have predicted the Pacers take down the Lakers in Los Angeles they win 111 to 104 they do it behind a triple double from Sabonis who had 20 points 12 rebounds and 10 assists he does it on nine of 12 shooting but you're going to remember this win because it was the Karis LeVert 22-point explosion in the fourth quarter. He finishes the game with 30 points, nearly outscores the Lakers by himself in the fourth quarter. This was a time where the Pacers hadn't even won a game when trailing at halftime. They were 0 of 22, and they had, therefore, not won a game when trailing going into the fourth quarter. It's always just a little bit sweeter beating LeBron James. So over there, I mean, that's something that uh, – I know I was thrilled because we've been on the wrong end of quite a few LeBron losses. Number three on the season. Once again, the Pacers take down the Utah Jazz. They did it 111-100 at the time. The Jazz were undefeated at home. I mean, this throws it back to what feels like a lifetime ago. This was earlier on in the season. And in this game, you're going to remember this because this was the Miles Turner, Rudy Gobert, skirmish whatever you want to call it the tassel they got tied up they you know they're shoving each other they're bear hugging each other it felt like a long time brewing and that really swung the game open because the Pacers ended up closing it out and at the time it was a massive win Malcolm Brogdon had 30 points in that game I mean there was ejections going on Turner got ejected uh, I believe Chris Duarte actually got ejected there too TJ McConnell off the bench with 21 points, eight rebounds, and five assists. I mean, it was a game that was just – it was a pretty crazy game. It was a great win at the time, and the Pacers really needed that win. Now you're going to see a common theme here. The Pacers needed all of these wins, but moving on to number two, 
The Pacers win 102 to 91 against the Miami Heat. They started the season 0 and 2 when they had lost two games by, I believe it was one point. Uh, at this point, this game goes to overtime, and the Pacers crush the Heat in overtime. 16 points to just five for the Heat in overtime. Pacers get the win, but you're going to remember this because this is when the Pacers turn to Duarte for the win in regulation. Yeah, he didn't connect it, but it was still a massive moment for the Pacers. So this this was a win that I know I didn't forget. I mean, it, it just felt like at the time Pacers were 0-2, yet it felt like the season was on the line. So not to get dramatic, but that was one that it made me feel like, okay, okay, things are going to be all right. Pacers are in good hands. I mean, look at the Heat now. They're in first place. But in the end, you know, it, it was short-lived. Uh, but in that game, a balanced effort, 19 points out of Chris Duarte. Brogdon with 18 points and 14 uh, rebounds. Sabonis with 17 and 12. O'Shea Brissett, his breakout game after not really playing much in the first two games, he had 18 points and nine rebounds. So that was really fun to see. But then moving on to the top win of the season, maybe I have recency bias, but it was the Pacers' win over the Golden State Warriors last week. I mean, essentially, none of the starters are, are, are playing. I mean, none of the ideal starting five, at least. And in that game, the Pacers responded. They beat a very good Golden State team in Oracle. Well, not Oracle anymore, but it was on the road. Uh, the Pacers won 121-117. to 117. Justin Holiday hits a massive three to force overtime. But you also had Torrey Craig give you 12-7. and seven. You had Goga Bataze with 13-9-5. Gets ejected in the game because that's just what he does. He's very chippy. Chris Duarte, 27 points. I mean, Kiefer Sykes gave you 10, so the whole starting lineup is in double figures. You also got 15-7 and seven out of Isaiah Jackson, his true first breakout performance. Even Jeremy Lamb chipped in 14 off the bench. It was a great win that no one expected in overtime and, and just one that it made you honestly open up your eyes and say, there's some really good young talent on this Pacers team that – they need to be playing more. So that, that's what I took away from it. I, I took away that Goga and Isaiah Jackson are, are very talented players that need to see the court. So hope you enjoyed Five with Fachi this week. Make sure you tune in next week. And as always, we appreciate you guys. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Indiana Pacers have four games this upcoming week, and I mentioned it just previously in the last segment that the Pacers uh, will be on the road against the Mavericks Saturday night at 7 o'clock. We'll recap that game next week, but Rick Carlisle will be returning home to Dallas, uh, the team that he had just coached for the last 13 seasons. He was not able to coach against Dallas when they visited Indiana, but Indiana did get that win, and then the Pacers are back home on Monday. They get a chance to get redemption against the Los Angeles Clippers. Now we'll see if Nicholas Batum looks like, you know, Michael Jordan against the Pacers next time. But uh, that'll be a good game. The, the Clippers have been playing a little bit better. I think Ty Lue's doing a great job out there with that team. And then we got a really important game here. We got the Orlando Magic versus the Indiana Pacers. Look, the Magic are 10 and 40. That's going to be next Wednesday. The Magic have not played well at all. They are a team that's kind of tanking, kind of rebuilding. They're a little bit of both here. They've got a good roster. They've got some good players on the team, so it'll be an interesting matchup. I think there might be more overall talent on the Magic team, uh, and maybe five, six years we'll, we'll see that come to fruition. But I think for this game right here, it's just going to be a good game for the Pacers. And then Friday night at home, the Chicago Bulls are back. If you remember the last time the Bulls were in Bankers Life Fieldhouse, DeMar DeRozan had a three to end the game and win it for the Bulls. They were down by two. He had a three. They went by one. So Pacers will probably want to get some revenge there. But with that being said, uh, we're we're rapidly approaching the NBA trade deadline. So we'll see what happens here with this team as they've got less than two weeks away from that moment. So uh, this next coming week, we could see some trades. Wouldn't bank on it, but you never know. Uh, if the Pacers get a deal now, they could make it. So uh, keep your eyes on that. But yeah. Now let's go hear who the player of the week was this week from Michael J. Focci and dive into the Rookie Report. It's time for your Setting the Pace Player of the Week, brought to you by Smoke and Barrel Barbecue. They put their heart and soul into the food, and uh, I would love to eat there every day if I could. Open Thursday through Saturday at 11, located at Camp Sertoma. Smoke and Barrel Barbecue, baby. All good in this head. Smoke and Barrel Barbecue. It's smoking good. everybody welcome back to the setting the pace player of the week we are highlighting games from january 22nd through january 26th and for this week's setting the pace player of the week we have isaiah jackson making his debut as the setting the pace player of the week in three games uh, on the week jackson averaged 9.6 points per game on 53 percent shooting that went along with 3.6 rebounds per game, 1.6 blocks per game, and he even hit a three. He did this in just 16 minutes per game on the week and flashed a massive amount of potential, whether it was blocking shots, finishing above the rim, playing defense, or even being able to distribute the ball. Jackson showed that he is just scratching the surface 
of his potential. And in games where he registered over 13 minutes of playing time, guys, he averaged 16 points per game and 5.5 rebounds. So, yes, it's a small sample size, but this this guy's shown he just needs to get on the court. So, his best performance of the week was a 17-point, four rebound, two assists, one steal, and one block effort against Charlotte, where he shot five of nine from the field and one of one from three. So that is all for our Setting the Pace Player of the Week. As mentioned, Isaiah Jackson making his debut with the award. So, job well done, Isaiah. All right, everybody. So now we're going to bring up our Tweet of the Week, and this comes from Scott Agnes. He's actually going to be featured in both our Tweet of the Week and Quote of the Week back-to-back here. So for the Tweet of the Week, last night he posted this. He said, two things I don't understand. Lance, their best option of point guard should start, and most of his minutes should be when Sabonis is in, or at least a big. Right now, it's Brissett at the five, two-way wing Terry Taylor at the four, and they're playing zone. So, you know, it was interesting because uh, he was talking about, you know, Lance and Sabonis not playing together as much and how they should play together because that's how Lance thrives in this in this Pacers offense. And so um, someone replied to him and asked him a question, and he said, it's also strange to have a front office enter the locker room post game and address the team as they have done the last two seasons. Okay. So, so we know last year was incredibly disappointing with Nate Bjorkren as the Pacers head coach and the lack of just connect there between him and the locker room. And we heard about the special treatment. We've talked about all of this kind of stuff before. So that was to no surprise, but then you bring in a veteran coach, Rick Carlisle, a very well-respected assistant head coach in Lloyd Pierce, and then Carlisle's staff is really well-respected, and we see the players talking about their relationship with them. But Kevin Pritchard still had to go into the locker room and address them. So I I, I did some asking on this, and it's not the the coaching staff is the problem here. It it appears that there is a lack of leadership. And so I don't want to steal too much of Scott's work here, but in this quote of the week, he talked about this a little bit here in his article on his uh, fieldhousefiles.substack.com. And so, um, you know, it's just one of those things where this this Hornets game was such a such a disappointment. So here's what um, the quote of the week here, we're going to just jump right into a little bit of um, Scott's article here. So he said, sometimes you need games like this to wake you back up, especially coming off the road trip we had. Um, Tory Craig said this, um, I think we competed the entire trip and then come home like this. Definitely not ideal. Rick Harlow arrived late, 48 minutes after the conclusion of the game. Uh, that was also the wait time after their home loss to the Hawks. But that that was um, more so them talking about having a hard play issue. And they went back and watched the first half of that game. So then this is a quote from Carlisle here. He said, the first half wasn't pretty either. But we did enough things to hang right in there. Things got out of hand in the third and obviously in the fourth. So the second half was very poor. We obviously needed to play a lot better than we did. So Scott goes on here to talk about some leadership stuff and all this. But I think what was most importantly was this right here. So I said, lastly, while the second half debacle went down, I couldn't help but keep tabs on Pacers owner Herb Simon. He was in his usual seat to the right of the team bench, up the staircase, and in the second row aisle seat. He sat next to Pritchard. The other three members of the front office were there, but only Simon remained when the game concluded. In the final minutes, his right elbow was on the armrest and his right cheek rested on his right palm. He was clearly disappointed. So we talked about it. Look, Herb Simon in the building for this game, unfortunately, it was not a great 
game at all <laughs> to, to be there and experience. But from whatever, from what we heard Herb Simon say to the media in his little interview that he did with five different media members, basically he just said, I love this little team. Um, changes can happen, but I want to build on the fly. I don't want to, you know, I want to rebuild on the fly. I don't want to do this all just a complete teardown like OKC Orlando, what they're doing right now. So with that being said, I, I think that hopefully for Pacer fans, at least Herb Simon got to see firsthand here what this team looks like right now and why there's less than 10,000 fans in the arena. And because, you know, Gamebridge Fieldhouse is a beautiful renovated fieldhouse. It's, it's a great place to watch a game. I've never been to that arena and not enjoyed myself watching the game except for the on-court products. So with that being said, I think that there's a lot of things that are telling here and hopefully that 48-minute delay with the front office having to address the locker room again. I mean, Herb Simon's there. It, it sounds like it's something's something's not going right there in Indianapolis. And so I think we need to just keep our eyes glued to our phones in terms of the next couple of weeks to see what kind of moves are made. But I cannot imagine this team looking the same, um, especially come the end of the season. Uh, during the offseason, they're going to have to make changes. But I would be surprised if there's not at least one move made by the trade deadline. So with that being said, I'm going to take a quick break here, and we're going to be right back. The Rookie Report, brought to you by Pizza King. Located at 135 and Fairview Road. Call us at 317-882-0340 to place your order today. Pizza King, a proud sponsor of Setting the Pace. The Rookie Report. Duarte inside scores his first NBA points. Now Duarte, his three is perfect. Duarte. He knows where the clock is, lets it fly, and hits again! Beat him up! Duarte, step back three, and hits his third! That's a tough three, too. Now Duarte, another three! Here's a long three, Duarte! All right, kicking off the rookie report. We already mentioned Isaiah Jackson taking the setting the pace player of the week honors. Uh, moving over to some other talented rookies. We have Chris Duarte on the week, averaged 14 points per game. He did it on 41% shooting in three games on the week. And he also, uh, he shot 40% from three. So that was something that you were happy to see. Four rebounds per game, just over two assists per game and one steal per game on the week. Ironically, Duarte's minutes dwindled a bit as well as his shot attempts did uh, in each game. However, Duarte is doing a ton of fantastic things on the month, such as averaging 15 points per game to go along with 46% shooting, 37% from three, and is averaging 1.6 steals per game. Moving over to another rookie, Dwayne Washington Jr. He had an absolute breakout week. Uh, Dwayne, we've seen the highs and lows of the undrafted rookie. I mean, he averaged 10.6 points per game on the week on 40% shooting. However, 38% from three, it just doesn't tell the full story. Because after going scoreless against Phoenix, uh, Dwayne responded with a lights-out performance going 21 points on 7 of 12 shooting from three, also having three assists in a close loss to the Pelicans. Dwayne looked like a true marksman and had great confidence in the game. It was Dwayne's second time scoring 20 or more on the season, and he's shooting nearly 38% from three in the month of January. 
Moving over to another undrafted rookie, Kiefer Sykes, the feel-good story himself. He struggled a bit lately after a hot start in January. On the week, Sykes appeared in two games, which was against Phoenix and Charlotte. He averaged six points per game on 30% shooting. Um, He did shoot 40% from three on the week, so there were some positives. While he is a gifted passer, turnovers plagued him on the week as he had seven turnovers to just four assists. The absence of Malcolm Brogdon, as well as TJ McConnell, has enabled Kiefer to remain in the rotation. However, his role as of late has been inconsistent once Malcolm returns to games. Moving over to our last and final rookie on the week, Terry Taylor making his setting the pace. Rookie report debut, the G League assassin, logged his first game with double-digit minutes. He made a count. In the 10 minutes that he played against Charlotte, Terry filled the stat sheet with his first NBA basket, which gave him a stat line of four points on one-of-one shooting, five rebounds, two assists, and zero turnovers. Now, guys, for those of you that have not watched Terry in the G League, this man leads the G League in points per game at roughly 30 points per game. He's second in rebounding, uh, just under 13. He's first in double-doubles, first in win shares, second in per. Uh, He's shooting 39% from three. He's doing quite a lot, and when you hear rebounding and all that, guys, he's 6'5". He's a shooting guard. So I know it's hard for him to find minutes on the Pacers, but... Terry is someone that we might want to be uh, given a a few more minutes to. That is all for uh, this week's Setting the Pace Rookie Report. I hope you appreciate it and stay tuned for next week's. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. As we do every week, we close out the show with our feel-good moment of the week. But before we get to that, I want to thank everybody so much for all of your support this week. Hopefully you guys have enjoyed the content next week. We're going to have hopefully some different guests on it and do a little bit of some trade stuff with other people trying to get their thoughts and and maybe talk to some team representatives and in terms of teams that they cover and see if they would be interested in any of the Pacers players. And then maybe we'll try to get an insider or two on to talk about the latest trade rumors. But if you haven't already, make sure you go to Apple podcasts or Spotify and leave us a five-star rating interview. And I've had some people say, I don't have an iPhone, so I wasn't able to leave a rating interview on Apple. Is it okay if I do a five-star rating on Spotify and submit that in for me to enter into the contest? You know what? That is a yes. You guys can go ahead and do that. I don't want to limit it just to Apple Podcasts. Obviously, Apple is a little bit easier for us to do because it uh, it shows more of those ratings and reviews and more people use that kind of podcast. But with that being said, if you've left us a five-star rating on Spotify as well, send me a screenshot of that email. It's AlexGoldenNBA, and we'll enter you into the contest. But we're going to close things out here now with our feel-good moment of the week, and this comes from multiple accounts that tweeted the video of Terry Taylor getting his first career NBA points against the Charlotte Hornets. Terry Taylor... Um, you know, this is a kid that 
has been phenomenal in the G League. He's been a terrific rebounder. And, you know, because of his play against the Hornets, and I think also because of the struggles we've seen from Gogo Batadze and Isaiah Jackson over the last couple of games, Rick Carlisle gave Terry Taylor a chance to play in this OKC game. He played seven minutes, was four or six from the game, had three, uh, five rebounds, excuse me, and eight points, and he was a plus seven on the floor. Look, I'm not saying he should be getting minutes over Isaiah Jackson. Um, I, I still would like to see Isaiah Jackson get some playing time, but, you know, I, I'm excited to see him play. Gogo Batadze went down with an injury, um, did not return to the game in this game against OKC, so there could be a chance for both Terry Taylor and Isaiah Jackson to see the floor together, but, you know, they brought in Terry Taylor late in one of the games to secure a rebound, so that just goes to show you what they think about him and what he can be. And so, Terry Taylor, congratulations on scoring your first NBA points. We are super happy for you. And with that being said, everybody, we hope you all have a great weekend. We will be back with our Mailbag Podcast on Sunday and Monday. And with that being said, let's go Pacers. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.